howling, still bowling in the mix. It's that six, six long dick slim nigga sticking your chick. Pulling tricks, looking slick at all times when I'm flipping. Bar sipping, car dipping, Grant Wood grain gripping. Still tipping on still tipping on four rappers, four rollers, four rollers, four hoes, and no hackers, and no hackers. Blowing on that endo, GameCube Nintendo, 5% tent, so you can't see up in my window. These niggas don't understand me, cause I'm boss hog on candy. Top down at Maxis with a big Glock 9 handy. Pieced up, creased up, stand dressed to impress. Big boss Bill Buckle under my Michelin S. Oh, Gucci shades up on my braids when I escalate. When I'm riding spree wheel, sliding like an escapade. I got it made, the big boss of the north. Ain't shit change, I still represent what's your house, huh? I'm gripping, catch me lying, switching with the paint dripping. Turn your neck and your day ain't missing. Me and Slim, we ain't tripping. I'm figure flipping and sir sipping. Like do or die, I'm pole pimping. Car stop, rims keep spinning. I'm flipping, drop with invisible tops. Hoes bop with my drop, step out. I'm shaking the block with 418s. Candy green with 11 screens. My gasoline, I'll wait supreme. Got dodo the brand with a paint of lean. It tastes grinding to be a king. It tastes grinding to be a king. First round drop piece coming. Who is Mike Jones coming? Slap shining with the grilling woman. Slap Shining with the grill and one. I'm Mike Jones, Ooh. Mike Jones, the one and only. You can't clone me. Got a lot of haters and a lot of homies. Some friends and some phony. Back then, hoes didn't want me. Now I'm hot, hoes all on me. Back then, hoes didn't want me. Now I'm hot, hoes all on me. Back then, hoes didn't want me. Now I'm hot, hoes all on me. Back then, hoes didn't want me. Now I'm hot, hoes all on me. Champ. My chain light up like a lamp, cause now I'm back with the camp. I'm crawling similar to an ant, cause I'm low to the earth. People's feelings get hurt when they figure out what I'm worth. I got 84s poking out at the club, I'm showing out. I'm a player, ain't no doubt. Hoes wanna know what I'm about. Biggest diamonds off in my mouth. Princess cuts all in my chain. Wood grain all in my range. Dripping stains when I switch lanes. Switch the name, it's still the same. Switch a house or switch a blast. Mike Jones, he running the game and Magnificent by this cash. Michael Watts, he made me hot. Hard work to me to the top. G dash to me to the lot. He wrote a check and bought a drop. I got the internet going nuts. But T Ferris got my back, so now I'm holding my nuts. It's Power Wow, baby. What you know about me? I'm on that 59 South Lee, baby. Holla at me. Uncultured, back with you for another week. Had to kick things off with 
Mike Jones, Paul Wall, Slim Thug, still tipping. And that is because I told Josh this morning, he was like, what do you got planned for, for the music for today? And I was like, we're doing Houston Appreciation Day for the most part. We're going to play some stuff that isn't all Houston, but the homie Max O'Cream dropped his, his new album. And so I was like, you know what? I was listening to the, the Maxo album, started going around and listening to some of the Houston music and just like, man, I love the Houston vibes. So we're going to do, had to kick things off with a, a Houston classic there. Don't worry, people. We'll have K-pop next week. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's totally in our lane all yeah, the time. Yeah. You know, that's what we do. We listen to rap. Yeah. We listen to punk. Yeah. And we love K-pop. And then hard, yeah, yeah. hardcore German rap the week yeah. after that. You, you guys are in for, for a month. I, I, I think we've talked about this before whenever I was bringing up the BTS like record-breaking chart success. Yeah. Did you ever get into the K-pop stuff? Because I, I, I like boy bands. Yes. I like pop music. Yes. I just, that yeah. misses the mark for me. I don't I understand talking to, I was talking to my best friend about this actually today. Uh, I, actually driving away from your place. Call my best friend, we're chatting up, and we started talking about K-pop. I forgot how we got into it, but I was telling him, I am the I I force myself to like it, and I just can't do it right. But I love I love to eat my my KBBQ in K Town, and I love it when they have the K-pop playing, and I love the music videos because it reminds you of like early two thousands music videos. They're like yeah. really good music videos. There's dancing, they're just not catchy enough. And remember, when you talk about boy bands, I'm always gonna compare you to NSYNC or the Backstreet Boys, or at least One Direction that, that had some bangers. Even though they didn't dance, that's what I like about K-pop, that they dance. You got, they gotta be bangers, and they're just not bangers for me. Yeah, I, that's the thing. Like, I love, just what you said, I love Korean food, I love Korean alcohol, I love the whole it. experience. But the music, I just, I'm like, I don't know how this clicks. And maybe it's the language barrier. Mm -hmm. Maybe if we knew the language, mm -hmm. it might make a difference for us. Yeah. But, you know, it's taken America by storm. And like all the kids that love it in America, mm -hmm. I, I bet for damn well don't speak Korean either. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know and what like we're I missing. Said, I, I'll, I'll even listen to it. Like if I'm in the atmosphere, I'll listen to it and I'll jam out and I'll look at the, the but I can't like bang it in my car. Yeah, I you know, I even I even tune it out at the restaurants if it comes on. I just I don't like it. But you know what? There are like some other weird Asian subsects yeah. of music that I do respond to. Like so K-punk, uh J-punk, like J Japan punk rock is amazing. There's a whole scene whenever I went to China mm -hmm. uh a year and a half ago, there was this whole hardcore punk scene in China that I found out about through being there that yeah, I, wow. I didn't know existed before. There was actually this really cool uh, noodle bar that I went to called Punk Rock Noodle. Yeah. And it I was- I think you told me about this actually. I might have. It, it was founded by this guy who is like the seminal punk rock figure in China. Yeah. And so you go there and it's like, they have a, plates that have the bulldog, classic punk bulldog on it that mm -hmm. says punk rock noodles and they've got all the the pictures of the guy that founded it who's also the chef there oh, with chef. all these iconic punk bands that he's played with over the years yeah. so i got really into that for a minute and like i don't know what they're saying same thing there's like taiwanese black metal that i like yeah I you can at least feel rock and roll you can like feel it through the music or at least they have like a good hook and use like headbang to it with the k-pop it's good if i if i'm looking at it i just want to I just I just need a banger. It does, it could be catchy. I just need a little catchy tune, a little a little chorus that like I can kind of jam to. But I don't see it with BTS. I did watch the uh, the Blackpink documentary, oh. and I thought it was really interesting actually because you know me, I'm a music historian, I'm a music buff, and I like to see 
the sauce that, mm-hmm. that goes into making that final product. Mm-hmm. And in that documentary, you really see how they basically have like baseball farm systems where they put these kids it's, into houses together. Though. Yeah, but it's interesting to see mm-hmm. because they'll be like, okay, we put this group together. Um, this person doesn't fit. We're going to move you to this group. And it's just kind of like a, almost like a science formula, a math formula yeah. where they're piecing to this together. There's too many of them sometimes. That's my thing too. Yeah. How are you supposed to get invested in all of them? Some of them don't even like sing. Like they don't even have like a main featured part in the song because there's too many of them. Did you ever, and this is semi unrelated, but mm-hmm. we're in the topic. Did you ever like baby metal or check out baby metal? No. Baby metal was cool. I don't know what they're doing now, but it was three like little girls. Like I think the oldest one was like 15 mm-hmm. and they paired them with like actually super talented musicians mm-hmm. like the guitarist used to be in Megadeth and all this stuff. Wow. And what they did was they made like like 80s style heavy metal, but with like a J-pop kind of background. So it was these big anthems, but it's metal and the girls are singing over it and they all have on like the same kind of uniforms and they do dances to it. It was cool. Baby metal. Right yeah. Down, baby right metal. Down. They they also have a documentary that was pretty cool and the music was cool too. I saw them on tour when they came over here and uh, it was it was cool. Baby metal, I'm yeah. with it. So uh, we're gonna go ahead and put it out there. We're not gonna be here next week. We're gonna have something else for you because Josh is going to England. Going to England, y'all. What are you most looking forward to? The game. I'm seeing a soccer game, y'all. I know we don't talk about soccer on this on, <laughs> on this platform, but yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm a big uh, Man United fan. I'm gonna go watch a soccer game. I'm pumped about that. But me and my girl have never been to Europe, so I'm just excited about just like being in Europe with my girl and like just like you know smoking weed in England, which is super illegal. So I can't wait to feel the thrill because I'm definitely taking weed with me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and here's the thing: it's it's it is illegal, but it's kind of accepted it's yeah unless you're going into like old bars and smoking around old english people uh-huh. who, who don't have any tolerance for the new generation like yeah. it, it isn't that big a deal you know me i travel with weed everywhere i go mm-hmm. and i would walk the streets smoking a j there and it's yeah you know, it's thing. so i told my guy i was like what are they gonna do like Chase me like I just picture like a constable chasing me with like a nightstick. <laughs> you know what I mean? What are you gonna do, old man? I'm just like juking him out in the streets. Like the other thing that I would say, I know this isn't as much your bag as it is mine, mm-hmm. but you take a pen. Nobody even gonna notice. I know my girl's gonna take a pen for sure. Yeah. The pens give me headaches. Oh, uh, okay. You know, if you I'm gotta in a get, desperate, you got to get cleaner pens then, mm-hmm. because if you're getting headaches from it, it's because you're getting the ones that have been cut with like butane and stuff. Yes, which is the main reason why I stopped doing pens. Period, for the most part, because you have to get good ones. And okay, know. so next time mm-hmm. I go there, so you know I go to Doctor Green Thumbs. Yeah, oh, you go to the real best spot. spot. I got you. I'll, I'll, I'll Venmo you the cash and you send it to me. Bro, me they one. they do ones that are live resin. Pens, though. So, you know, like when you get the live resin butter, that's yeah. like, it's that, but it's in a pen. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's nothing but cannabis. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because I don't even like to hold the, li- I don't like the butane, you know, the, mm-hmm. the little, the littlest percent of butane, the, the better, obviously. Yeah. This has zero butane in it, zero, any, anything other than cannabis. And so it's really clean. I always get the unflavored ones too. I don't, I'm not into having a flavored one anyway. Yeah. So it tastes like weed. 
mm-hmm. and it's only cannabis. So I'll get you one of those. Cool. But I got a lot for us to get into to today. So I'm going to throw us to break. I'm going to play the homie Max O'Cream. His new album, Way to the World, is in your phone right now. So go check it out. This song is with ASAP Rocky and it's called Streets Alone. We'll be right back with you on Uncultured. Yeah. Rapping, trapping, what I do. Shaggy Daphne with Scooby Doo. Yeah. Ship double ups at double cups. Bloods on drugs, I serve distribution. She stressed, told my mama I could never leave the streets alone. Daddy Yankee with that gasolina, I serve reggae thong. Mama praying that I leave the streets alone. Preacher praying that I leave the reef alone. I'm just getting money, leave the beef alone. But I'm out here thugging in my teeth alone. Throw up my set, they get upset. They coming at me indirect. They sending threats. I'm busting out life in effect. No internet. I start to cursing like Tourette's. Oh, like Shaq West. Shit, bitch. They on my head. Won't break the sweat. She let me hit it on the racks. Then pop the brag. My flow be broke just like some sex. But no protection. Broke up with that hoe through text. That bitch was vexed. On to the next. I can't trust a hoe, that's why I sleep alone Niggas out here struggling, they need a loan Call me making good, my money need a loan But I'm out here thugging in my teeth alone Whoa, 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 whoa Cause I'm out here thugging in my teeth alone. Throw up my set, they get upset. They coming at me indirect. They sending threats. I'm busting out life in effect. No internet. I start to cursing like Tourette's. Oh, like Shaq West. Shit. Bitches out they shoot. These is facts. Any bitch could vouch for me. I can't break no bread if you weren't sleeping on that couch. Put them on TV. My niggas giving out that cloud for free. And I'm not for the game. So, bitch, you better watch your mouth for me. Ayy, cause it get ugly. But I'm a sweetheart. You can't tell. You wouldn't know what all I've been through. Cause I make this shit look well. I can't send you no money. 
it, so don't call me from no cell. Cause I ain't hold no nigga down. So bitch, you better not go to jail. Nigga, I mean it. Watch a couple hoes switch up on me. I hate I seen that. We got dirty money, so you know we had to clean that. Can't fuck with niggas that got hoes. I won't get in between that. We toss niggas around. We treat these niggas like they beanbags. Niggas think they play up till they meet a real pee bitch. And I taste like sugar, but ain't a damn thing sweet, bitch. I will never let another nigga try me like no weak bitch. I'm pretty, but I take a nigga life, and that's the tea, bitch. I'm pimping on a daily basis. I'm quick to break a nigga down for them dead faces. I don't fuck with bitches. We not friends, and we not pals. Beating down your block, taking niggas from they gals. I'm pimping on a daily basis. I'm quick to break a nigga down for them dead faces. I don't fuck with bitches. We not friends, and we not pals. Beating down your block, taking niggas from they gals. Bitch, I'm fine. Slim waist, pretty face, he know I'm a dime. Can't lay up with no nigga, cause I do not have a time. And I can't claim a nigga, cause none of these niggas mine. Don't ask me about my ex, let's just pretend that nigga died. Ain't no pressure by no nigga, tell his ass to fall in line. And if he can't get right, I'm just gonna take it as a sign. Cause for this next line, you gotta look me in my eyes. If you think I'ma sweat you, you out your motherfucking mind. Is you stupid, is you dumb, pick a side. I feel like FBG duck, I'm trying to slide. When I creep around that corner, bitch, you better run and hide. And we ain't taking shit to heart, we just gonna take it right outside. And if we take one of your people, better take that shit in stride. Bitch, you said you was a killer, but it's looking like you lied. Bitches know I lead the pack, I'm feeling like a tour guide. If I catch a chicken lacking, bitch, your ass is good as fried. BBS is hidden, got this shit from number nine. Swerving, switching lanes, I almost broke my fucking spine. Remember being broke, I swear them jobs was hard to find. But now look at me shining, I thank God cause it's my time, so I'm, I'm pimping on a daily basis. I'm quick to break a nigga down for them dead faces. I don't fuck with bitches, we not friends and we not pals. Beating down your block, taking niggas from they gals. Pimp, pimp, pimping on a daily basis. I'm quick to break a nigga down for them dead faces. I don't fuck with bitches, we not friends and we not pals. Beating down your block, taking niggas from they gals. <laughs> Back with you on Uncultured. That's Mona Leo beating down your block. Again, Houston stand up. You know, Houston gave us Meg. They gave us now Mona Leo is the is the rising star. I think she's super dope. So shout out to Houston. But I'll tell you what I don't like about Houston. The Astros? The Astros or the Rockets. Or the Rockets. Yeah. Although uh, I've done some events in Houston before, mm-hmm. and the uh, the Rockets organization really cool people, really helpful. But I don't like I, your I, team. I don't hate. I don't hate them. But as a Dodger fan, I hate the Astros. You know who else we got out of Houston? Two people that we both like. Who? George Foreman. Uh huh. And the Black Beast, Derek Lewis. Man, that's true. So Houston, we're riding for you today. That's true. But uh, let's jump right into basketball. Uh huh. Before we talk specifically about the NBA, first things first, we're going to kick things off with some Miami love and say congratulations to Dwayne Wade. His son Zaire was drafted by the Utah Jazz's G League team. Zaire went to high school at Sierra Canyon, which is the famous school out here in the hills um, where Bronny James and Amari Bailey and all these superstar kids get their start. And uh, he did receive university offers, but he went, uh, he's bypassed that and just went straight into the G League, got drafted number 10. D-Wade said, Wade legacy continues, proud dad moment. 
So I, I wanted to say shout out. That's dope. Yeah. He's trying to be part of Cash University, get that money as quick as possible. I'll tell you one thing, though, that, and again, you know that Josh is, is a Miami Heat fan. You know from me being on this show talking to Josh that I like the Heat as an organization, mm -hmm. and I love D-Wade, yeah. but I have to point out one thing. Okay. D-Wade owns a percentage of the team that drafted yeah. his son. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We we got to call that out because yeah. he wasn't he, he but he went tenth he did go tenth mm -hmm. but he if he had gone into college he was the two hundred and ninety sixth ranked high school prospect for yeah. for going into college so I uh, obviously I he went to Sierra Canyon yeah. and you not all stars on not all stars are created equally yeah. on that on that team Bronny James is not the star yeah he, so he had a lot of problems. Uh, on that team because it's stacked so he wasn't really start he wasn't starting it was like bailey was over him you know what i mean like how are you gonna yeah that kid's gonna go top five you know in, in the draft but the other thing that i like is you know amari bailey is going to ucla mm -hmm. ronnie james is I, I don't know what his plan is yet i don't know if he's announced yet where he's going but these guys are going into the ncaa system and since he wasn't on he wasn't starting on that lineup i think it's really smart to go into the g league and get actual league experience mm -hmm. and be ready to go come into the draft at the same time those guys do i think that he, he will have a bright future i just i just had to point out he balls he 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 was drafted by the team his dad owns for so. sure for sure for sure <laughs> but, but no go for it no no no. He, he you know he balls he's balled with tatum he balls with all the guys and it's kind of like you know when people people always tell youngins like hey go to college get that experience even if it's for one year get that college experience nah but if i was him i was like yo i'm d wade's son my whole life has been a college experience like i'm chilling like i'm good like let me get that money and i'll tell you something and i actually uh told my own cousin this when he asked me i went and got that one-year college experience mm -hmm. and you know what i learned college is kind of bullshit depending on what you plan on doing with your life correct what i'm doing in my life i i went to college and i was like this is what so we're just taking english classes mm -hmm. is that what we're doing here mm -hmm. like what am i doing here spending money on this so you didn't graduate no i thought you did no i left well here's the here's the thing uh -huh. i don't know that i would have stayed all four years but i left because the shootings that happened at virginia tech that's why you left mm -hmm. fair enough yeah um after that happened i was going back and forth on what i wanted to do all of my friends were either leaving to transfer or um leaving period and and just not doing it and and at that point i already had an internship in the space that i now operate in and i was like what what do, what do you recommend i do and the advice i got from from the guy that i was interning for he was like come to la he was like everything that you want to do is happening out here it's not happening where you are so if you're questioning that come out here see what happens or go to college once you get out here, find a, a school out here to go to. And I came out and within like six months, I had a job at a record label. It's all know? about who you know. Everything is about experience because even, even people that go to college four years get out and then they try to get a, a job somewhere and they're like, oh, experience required. How? I was in school. How am I supposed to get experience? It's all about internships and experience and who you know. That's everything. That's almost every job. 100%. Yeah. That, that is any advice that we could give you guys. That's it. Go Follow. out and find <laughs> a way to get in the room. 
That's it. That's it. Experience intern. But let's talk about the NBA season yes, because yes. it's off to a really fun start. Man. And the stories in the East right now are not necessarily the teams we were talking about in the preseason, which Correct. is which is fun. So first of all, the best record in the East right now belongs to the Chicago Bulls. Mm-hmm. It is they're currently four and zero, off to a perfect start. This is the best start they've had since the ninety six ninety seven season, which was the season that they won the first championship of the second three peat. Mm-hmm. Um, Lonzo, Levine, Caruso going crazy, and you know what I really think is the the standout factor for that team, and I think we're going to find themes of that when we talk about the other teams. DeRozan as the mentor. Yeah, the the kind of solid, he's such a solid dude, mm-hmm. has all this experience from playing in the league, and you got these young guns that are just going crazy, looking great. To be fair, the, the Bulls haven't played anybody good, which is what people are saying. They're going to be good. They're going to be top, you know, one of the top five for sure in the East. They've had a little easy start. They're looking good. They're fun, but hey, the Bulls are back, and that's what's important. The other big story is the Hornets, who are four and one, mm-hmm. and Melo's going crazy. Melo's going. Cra- oh yeah, Lamelo. I was like, yeah. wait. I was like, wait, what? Melo's going. <laughs> I Mello's- was like, is he upset that the Hornets are good? And is he a Hornets fan? Melo's going crazy. He looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, he's. I. I thought he was not going to be this good this quick, if if at all. And Miles Bridges, who we played on the oh, show last man. week, is. Like a powerhouse. Yo, slamming and jamming. Yeah. It's funny because at the start of the season, all of the talk about the Hornets was mellow and are we finally going to see like Gordon Hayward really shine again? Mm -hmm. And what you're seeing is uh, Mello and Bridges ball out. And then you got your guy, Oubre, and you got Hayward who are like, kind of feeding the system there too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's like uh, Kelly Oubre is a young guy, but he's been in the league for what? Is this his fifth, sixth season in the league? Yeah, like fifth. Yeah. And then Hayward's been in the league for a long time too. So you got these young guns who are kind of the new core of the team and you got these veterans around them that are setting them up for success and they're really fun to watch. Yeah, man, that Charlotte team is just young and like I'm just happy for these cities that have had such a bad, the Bulls, I mean, they've had enough success where it's like, you know, they needed to have like 20 years of, of garbage. But now they're back. It's a, it's a very good city. Chicago, you finally got your team back. Congrats. Charlotte, they need this team. This team is everything to them. Yeah. Well, and I told you, I've, I've, I don't think I've ever talked about it on the show, but I know we've talked about it before. Like when I was growing up, I was a Hornets fan. Yeah, because that's the closest team to you, right? Closest team to me. And then they took the Hornets from us, and that was how I kind of became a, a kind of... I loved the Sixers because of Iverson, and I loved the Knicks because of their their style. Mm-hmm. It, but my team was gone. And then when they brought back the Bobcats and put the Bobcats in the league, I tried to support it, and it just... I didn't like the ownership. I didn't like that they were not the Hornets. I didn't like the the uniforms or the mm-hmm. logos. I didn't. I just didn't connect with it. Mm-hmm. And so seeing the old Hornets uniforms and seeing them kind of ball out, I, it's nostalgic now, for me. It's that cool. New, that new kit, mm-hmm. the, the new jerseys, that color, that color is so sick. Yeah, it's so dope. So dope. Dopest, dopest kits in the in the league, in my opinion. So in the West, the Warriors are looking like they're the old warriors currently undefeated and Steph is 
playing like he's he could be the MVP. Mm-hmm. And th- they don't even have Clay back yet, and Steph is averaging thirty one nine and seven. I mean, we saw it at the end of last season. He he he's he could do it all. He's one of yeah. those. That's how that's how, that's an MVP player. That's what like LeBron. He can carry a team. You know, it's still it's a young team. I like what the Warriors got. Like they have a good future. Steph still has years in them. Once you know, once Clay comes back, man, that West, watch out. They might be in the finals again. And you know what? Iggy's looking good again. Yo, because that's his like. You know how Iggy is like. He that's his city. They love him there. Like, and it, it's his system too. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's his system. And he just feels, com- it's all about confidence, man. It's exactly. all about confidence. He's there. He just feels the vibe. Shots go in when you're confident. You know who's not looking super confident? Russell Westbrook? Yeah. <laughs> the Lakers are really struggling. So last night, they blew a 26-point lead to the Thunder. Russell Westbrook. <laughs> and they're currently 2-3. and three, But that's not even the big story. The big story is the AD Dwight Howard situation where ad got we've never seen ad like that before you see guys get heated we never see ad get heated Mm -hmm. enough to shove him on the sideline sat him down yeah i want to know what's going on over there in that organization and i you know i said this whenever we were when we were talking about the breakdown of the team i'm like why are they bringing dwight back again dwight didn't work last year yeah what are you expecting this time? Because they're just like, we need big bodies. That's, mm-hmm. like, that's like their new thing. Like they just want to be like big, big, big because they, they are they were big, but now they're big and old. So I don't know. Well, and I will give Dwight this. Dwight is the overall stats leader on the Lakers team right now. Mm-hmm. And that tells you what you need to know. It ain't Braun because he hasn't been playing much. It ain't AD. And it certainly ain't Russ. It's Dwight Howard. Do you think that, that t- if LeBron... If they win, right? If they win this year, that's the biggest achievement Braun has ever done. If he carries this team, this team right now, this year, if he carries them, even to the finals, it's huge. But if they win, this is, this is he's the GOAT. He's the GOAT. I, I agree that another ring will kind of like christen him as the GOAT. But with this but, team, I know but, it's him. But and here's AD. the thing. Mm-hmm. You. Look at the lineup of the team and then imagine somebody who is a 20-year-old when we're in our 60s looking back at the lineup and saying, oh, well, this team was AD, LeBron, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard. Keep going. Well, it was Kobe Bryant, Steve Nash, Carl Malone. Like, they've had a super team, but it was an old team and it didn't work. And this team kind of looks like that team a bit. You know, I mean, LeBron and AD are still, I know Kobe was like still and is, you know, still good, but there is no real number two. I know they have AD and LeBron are both still good. What what we'll need to see in order for me to to say yeah to yeah. that is we got to see how the rest of the it's season progresses. Early, because here's the thing. If Russ is a bust this year, mm-hmm. this will be the first time Russ has ever been a bust. Mm-hmm. If AD is not ad that'll mm-hmm. be the first time that happens right. some of the guys you know carmelo has had his ups and downs has been good when he got back when he went out to the blazers so you know we saw him drop and then kind of come back up dwight howard is always hit or miss but it'll really depend on hey is russ really a bust and then i then i could say hey if lebron carries the team on this level yeah. with all of this tension and the fact that russ isn't playing like we've seen him then I think maybe. The thing with Russ is, yeah, he's a he's a triple-double machine, but every single one of his triple-doubles 
comes with a record-breaking turnover rate. And, mm-hmm. and and he had he had like record he's always like first or second in the past four years he's been first or second in turnovers, that is a big problem, that's a big problem like yeah he gets the numbers he's gonna get you know ten 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 he's gonna get like a Draymond triple double but <laughs> but it those turnovers are a big problem that's how they lost the lead yesterday and the Lakers have never lost yeah. the lead in like two hundred games or some shit yeah that and, I mean dropping twenty six to points. OKC yeah to a team that is not really that good to shy. You, yeah. lo- you lost a shy. So I want to also talk about the Knicks, who I touched on for a second. So Julius Randle mm-hmm. is playing like a, a like an MVP caliber player All as well. Star. So 28.7 points and 11 boards per game. Evan Fournier has been lights out. He's been, he's had, this is crazy. He's had five threes in each game so yeah. far. Nuts. The uh, team is lights out right now. And then you got RJ Barrett and Obi Toppin really picking up steam. Mm-hmm. And... There was a lot of talk. You and I talked about it whenever the, all the, the conversations were happening about um, moving Dame. And the Knicks were really chasing it, and they were like, we'll give up Obi." And I was like, I don't want him to give up Obi. Yeah. Like, I don't know that he's going to be good, but mm-hmm. I liked him a lot last year, and Obi looks great. Yo, they were saying because, you know, ah, fuck, I can't believe it, but you have to give the Knicks office, you know, uh, uh credit because they they kept getting players like two of the same players yeah two of the same two of the same and you're like why why have derrick rose and you know what i mean why do you have two point guards why do you have two bo- look at that dude they can switch they can throw like a different team at you every like five minutes you know and it's and they're just all good and the other thing that you bring up derrick rose is coming off the bench and he's averaging uh i forget how many minutes but it's not a lot of minutes and he's averaging 14 points a game yeah. off the bench playing like less than half of the game yeah it's no, impressive no no it's great but can we are we staying in the east for one more one more little i we're we're about to i save i saved this one because i knew you would want to get into it a little bit yeah i got something to say about that. we're, Go we're gonna talk about the miami heat man they smoked the nets yesterday but what i'm gonna bring up is that i hate how i turn on you know all the sports outlets today and all you hear is james harden didn't play good enough well, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. There, I've I saw this earlier today. Actually, I saw a whole thing. Maybe House of, of Highlights or somebody posted it, where it's the last three games and James Harden losing his mind about the foul situation. The rule because cha- the rule I, yeah, with the rule change, I told you uh, this has been my biggest critique is that he plays the worst style of basketball, in my opinion, mm-hmm. where it's all about drawing the fouls and also kind of snaking the system and doing things that. W- like that that crazy Euro step it's that he cheap. does, it's that's cheap. four steps. Like he plays cheap. Mm-hmm. And now that this rule change is in place, they're not calling the fouls that he would usually draw off yeah. of these situations. And yeah, he's still recovering from an injury. But hey, buddy, you weighed a lot. You gained a lot of weight. One, same thing like the Zion thing. Like you, when you get injured and you're a top athlete, you guys got to control what you're eating, man. Well, I've told you before, I know... From and his parties. time in Houston, that he is a party animal. Houston, what's up? And now he's in Brooklyn. And what do you do after you've been partying in Brooklyn all night? 
pizza. Man, he looks like a pizza. Like his <laughs> gut, you saw him in preseason. Yeah. His gut was huge. That's a lot of weight to lose. And for his position, especially. And we talked about it on the show. We're like, yeah. yo, the season's about to start. You, there's not enough time for you to lose all that weight and get it and coming off an injury and this and that. And he just keeps blaming his injury. I bet you if you weigh 20 pounds lighter, that injury wouldn't be as bad. And I'll tell you what the the real reason that that happened was. Kyle Lowry. Mm. His assists are changing that team. Bro, I have been blown away by what a difference he is making on the team. Man, night and day. You're getting easy buckets. We got Deadman making buckets. Like, that guy's our backup center that, like, got signed from, like, the G League. And he's, like, crushing 14 points, like, two games in a row. Like, he's crushing it. He's just – but he's made that team, that point guard. They just needed a point guard. Yeah. Dude, when Depot comes back, when Depot comes back, and if they get – which we talked about it. Which, if this happens, you already team know. Team gets a lot sexier. Is that where you're going with this? It's already the sexiest <laughs> team in the NBA, in my opinion. But, yeah. yeah, You know they play his music to, like, warm up for sure. <laughs> but Depot, when Depot comes back, and if they get John Wall, my friend, in that buyout. Yeah. That team, off the bench, you're going to have John Wall, Victor Oladipo, and Tyler Hero coming off the bench. That bench is going to beat OKC. You know Tyler Hero is averaging 23 points a game. People said he would, and we're like, everybody's like, he's crazy. You're crazy. Yeah. He's doing it. Because we talked about it in the preseason where he was like, I think you guys should be respecting me just like these other guys that were in the same draft class as me. Yeah. And we were like, um, may, we like you. We got to see it. We got to see it. You, in the offseason, in the pursuit of Dame, were willing to trade him. Yep. And <laughs> I still think I still think we might. I mean, he's, he's being set up for that, for he's sure. A, he's a nice little piece now, dangling. Mm-hmm. I don't know... He's young and he's playing really well. I don't know if you want to trade him for not if Dame Dame is thirty two no, no, now. No. Yeah, I don't want Dame anymore. I'm saying we might dangle him somewhere else, but I don't think so, man. They they, they like him. We like him in Miami. He's, he's averaging he's, the second most points on the team behind Jimmy. He's got a point he's got a point to prove. But Jimmy, we are gonna see the best Jimmy season, I think, of all time. We're gonna I see I think everybody so. because of Kyle Lowry. Yeah. I and Bam is Bam is being set up perfectly because of Kyle Lowry. He's getting the easiest buckets. He doesn't have to work. He doesn't have to work as hard as he used to. He looks more fresh. He's getting the easiest buckets, dude. Yo, and I love it. When you score in Miami, Lowry chucks the ball to the other side. You can't. You got to get back on defense. And, yo, Duncan Robinson is playing defense, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be a good season. I'm, I see Knicks, Knicks Heat in the finals. Let's see if it holds up. I was really hoping that the trade was or the um, the signing of John Wall was going to go down before the show mm-hmm. because I had written a little a little thing <laughs> where I was gonna I'm just gonna say you know David Aldridge is reporting that this happened, but Josh Tradamus oh man <laughs> told us this was going to happen back I, in like June. I sensed it. I felt it in my knees. You know what I mean? I was really hoping <laughs> it was going to be, but uh, before you know, the show. But yeah. we'll see. Let's we'll see. see. We we'll talk about it next week. Hey, if it happens before Monday, it, it's, Yo, it still applies. That team's going to be fun, but like, can, can we get a little bit more love in the media? All they did was talk about, we dominated them. We shut yeah. down KD. Yeah. KD was getting triple D team, quadruple team. He couldn't do, he, he was finding some hard shots, man. And, and it's not because James Harden wasn't playing good. It's because our defense is the number one defense in the NBA. So I got one more basketball thing. Yeah. Michael Jordan has set another record. Uh, is it is it because of the auction stuff? It, it is. Uh. So you know, last time we were talking about this, Michael Jordan underwear went at auction. 
this this oh, is yeah. this is a little different though. So oh. a pair of game worn Michael Jordan sneakers sold this past weekend for one point four seven two million dollars. The sneakers were worn in Jordan's fifth game of his rookie season. They obviously it was his rookie year. They're not even Jordans. They're uh, they don't even make them anymore. But they're the airships. Mm-hmm. So he was wearing those and. This was the other thing, because I, I was just curious after I read that headline, which, A, it's crazy that somebody paid that much money for game-worn shoes, but the previous record, I was like, what's the last time? Uh-huh. In uh, 2016, the previous record was $615,000 for a pair of game-worn sneakers. From who? They were from a 1985 preseason game when Jordan shattered the backboard. Oh, so the last time they were – so Jordan beat himself mm-hmm. by more than double, 615 grand, and this pair was 1.472 mil. Um, can, can you justify that? Because I kind of I, – I, man, if I had like a million dollars to blow, why not? That's my thing too. I'm like, hey, if I, if I got the cash Jordan stuff. And, I, and I can buy something like that mm-hmm. – I would buy memorabilia because I, as you know, I love sports. Mm-hmm. I love music. Um, the the most expensive music item that has ever gone mm-hmm. was um, the front of the bass drum from when the Beatles played on Ed Sullivan, the one that says wow. the Beatles on it. And it went for like $2.1 million. That's got goosebumps. Imagining, like picturing owning that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What like, a, What a piece, right? I wouldn't go out and buy all of the like Banksy art stuff. I would have that kind of stuff. Yeah. You come you come to my house and I've got like Michael Jackson's jacket hanging on the wall from the Thriller video or some shit. <laughs> like, about, what, Yeah, if you buy a Banksy, uh, what was that guy that paid like a million dollars for a Banksy and then it automatically shred itself? So you want to know something stupid? Yeah. I saw this story. I didn't even cover it on the show, but either last week or the week before, you know, somebody else bought the shredded version and paid $14 million for it. Are you? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's Banksy, and it's and it's a, he shredded it on some other guy. I'm gonna pay for, like if I'm a billionaire, I'm gonna pay for that. Cause that's fucking funny. I'm just gonna like tape it on the wall. It's funny, but it's also you made the exact point. It's like who would want that when you could have the front of the bass drum from the Beatles on Ed Sullivan? Yeah. You know, stuff like that's cool. Or, or Michael Jordan's shoes. Or you can get a Picasso for way less than sixteen mil. You know? Yeah, yeah, probably. I don't know. Right? I don't know. We're not into that. That's not our, that's not yeah. our realm. Real quick, Joshua Domus has a little itching real quick. Okay. Ben Simmons to the Lakers and Russ to the Sixers. I don't know. Maybe. No, fuck that. Fuck that. Maybe, maybe. It, if that happens, I get to punch you in the face on air. Uh, no. No, because I don't care about it, but I feel like it might. No, it's not gonna happen. Okay, you can kick me. You can give me a swift kick in the ass. Okay, here's what I here's what I get to do. Okay, I get to throw a leg kick because you know I don't even train those. Fair, fair, right? I, right I get a leg kick on air if that happens because how dare you put that into the air? Man, because you know it's my. That's why. That's why, Josh. No, it ain't gonna happen. <laughs> We're gonna move on to some combat sports because there's actually a lot of boxing news. Ah. So Holyfield returned to the to the ring this past weekend. Evan Holyfield, <laughs> the son of Evander, and uh, he fought on the top rank card. And 
got a, a pretty awesome, I don't know if you saw the highlight from it, pretty awesome second round knockout of the guy that he was fighting. He was fighting on the undercard, obviously, and ESPN went straight into comparing him to Evander. Of course. So he uh, he picked up the win. He's now 8-0 and with six knockouts. And uh, he said, in the next one to three years, I want to become a champion. I'm getting better every single time out. And it seems like they're kind of priming him. Um, so I thought that was cool to see. He might. He might. Yeah, he looks good. Do you know who else fought on that card? Tell him. The grandson of Muhammad Ali. Oh, I didn't know that. Nico Ali Walsh, who is 21, and he got a third-round knockout in his middleweight bout and went to 2-0 and with two knockouts. So top rank has signed Evander Holyfield's son and uh, Muhammad Ali's grandson. Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. The, the, the Ali, you know, I haven't seen... I haven't. I didn't even know that Muhammad Ali's grandson was. I didn't either. Is uh, I had no idea. So I'm gonna go check him out. But Holyfield's son is good. Holyfield's son looks good. Is really good. And what it was, I went to the ESPN story about Holyfield's son because I wanted to see the the knockout because I wasn't watching the card at the time. Mm -hmm. And then on the page, it was like recommended. Hey, did you know Muhammad Ali's grandson oh. also fought on this card? So I had to click that and watched his knockout too. Obviously, like very young, and I don't know anything about the guy he mm -hmm. fought, but nice, looked yeah. good. But Ho Holyfield's son is like his direct yeah. bloodline. Yeah. And it's not a gimmick. And you could tell because, you know, if he's 8 0, you know, nowadays, I'm not saying it's easy, yeah. people, but. I've seen some shit. I've seen people that mm -hmm. are here know that like you know aren't aren't that great, but it's the knockouts, six knockouts. That's a that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. He looks good. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. I think it's always cool whenever like like a Bronny James when you're like, hey, you're actually good. You're mm -hmm. actually nice. Like, mm -hmm. and we know what your dad was. Let's see. Let's see what you got. You that's think Bronny? You think Bronny's gonna get a little growth spurt? I don't know. You you would think so. Yeah, he it's, is he is a little small. That's, I think that's the only only reason why he hasn't really manifested this whole LeBron genetics. But he's great. great. Yeah, he's great. He's gonna be. We'll see. We'll see if he blows up. But it's also it's going down this weekend. You're gonna be in the UK for it, so you're gonna miss it. But Canelo is returning to the ring to face Caleb Plant. Finally, after the after the slap up at the press conference, now yeah. the fight's going down. So. Canelo is going to attempt to become the undisputed super middleweight champ mm -hmm. against the undefeated star. So Plant is currently 21-0 with 12 knockouts. He's the IBF super middleweight champ and uh, the, obviously the only belt in the division that Canelo doesn't own. So who you got in that? So Josh, you said how many knockouts does Caleb Plant have? 12. What do you need to beat Canelo? An, <laughs> a knockout. A knockout. Yeah. You need a knockout. You're not going to knock this guy out. And guess what? Whether you have a chin or not, he's going to break your... F Look what happened. To Joe. People don't know yeah. because people people have at least... Nobody knows shit about boxing. No offense, people. Yeah. No, 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 none of you people know nothing. <laughs> but for the most part... <laughs> we love you guys. <laughs> we love you guys. But none of you know nothing, right? Like all, all these... Especially in the fight world, like nobody knows yeah. anything, right? Yeah. That's what we always talk about. Like yeah. people who watch fights who aren't in the fight world, mm -hmm. they don't know what they're seeing. You hear Caleb playing. You're like, oh, he's an American. He has a belt. Oh, he must be better than Billy Joe Saunders. No, no, no. No, Billy people. Joe Saunders, I Billy think, would Joe, smoke him. Billy Joe, to those of you, like, 
forget about that loss he has against Canelo. Look at everything he's done before. Mm-hmm. And you might, without knowing that he lost to Canelo, you be, you're going to be like, this guy, it, it, this guy's probably better than Canelo. This guy can beat Canelo. Yeah. And guess what? He already fought Canelo, and Canelo couldn't knock him out because he's that good. He even won some rounds against Canelo, even though Canelo lets you win rounds sometimes. That's how good he is. He broke his face, people, because he couldn't knock him out. Broke his face. Caleb Plant, you're going to get either knocked out or your head's going to break. When he got that one kind of like almost like Diaz slap, Uh he had that cut on his eye. Yeah. Like he's going to get punched up in this fight. He's going to get punched up. I don't even think it might even get to, you know, uh, Caleb Plant is a strong guy. I'll give him that. He's very strong. And he, to be Canelo, you got to move. And Caleb Plant moves, but not like Billy Joe Saunders. Mm -hmm. He kind of stays in because he can take a hit. He'll stay a little bit in front of you. And the last person on the planet that you want to stay in front of is Canelo. Now, here's the other thing that I'm going to tell you, though, because we had a pretty a pretty heated debate about it the last time we were talking about Canelo mm. and where you think he sits. Mm-hmm. I said then what he needs are opponents yeah, because that's what Floyd had, even if he was fighting guys that were like towards On the, the end, end of, mm-hmm. of their career. He, You go look. It's what I was saying about basketball a second ago. When you go and look at the in history when you go and look at the list of names that was on a team or you go look at the list of names that this boxer beat mm-hmm. you're gonna be like oh i know this guy i know this guy i know this guy i know this guy that's what floyd has going for him yeah he's fighting caleb plant i don't no disrespect but i don't know if caleb plant will go down in the history books as one of the greatest ever and he already fought billy joe saunders who again like unless you're a boxing aficionado yeah the outside world doesn't really know him. Yeah. Who does he fight to continue to build this? Like, he's out of guys. This is it. I mean, you know, Billy Joe is still going to keep fighting. He's still going to look good. And eventually, when it's all said and done, when he hangs up the gloves, Billy Joe's going to be a name because uh, he's going to start fighting names. Caleb Plant will, not not one of the greatest, but he's still going to have a name. But I think after Caleb Plant, then he's got Charlo and then... I don't know, man. Maybe cut some weight. Maybe go up weight. Maybe retire. Who knows? But after he beats Plant, he's gonna beat Charlo, and then what? Because that, right? yeah, because that's gonna be the hard thing. Charlo is is another boxing name that mm-hmm. we're like, oh, that'll be that'll be great. Yeah, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. But to the public, to anybody listening to us, do they know who Charlo is? Probably not. They they might know Charlo more than they know Plant. Probably, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's telling you something, because that's that's where I come down to it. On it's like, hey. In order, here's the other side of that too. He's got the draws with um, Triple G, and mm-hmm. he's got the loss to Floyd. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the the lineup of guys he's fought, and, and he lost a lot. I know I'm biased, but you speak to a lot of boxing heads, and he he I know Lara's Cuban, but and he knocked down Lara. But everybody says that Lara won that fight. So, yeah, you know. So it, that's where I come down on it. Like how when when it's all said and done us taking ourselves out of it because we watch yeah. boxing and yeah. we know how great, great Canelo mm-hmm. is. I, I think the public is still going to be like Floyd still above him, you I, know? Yeah, Floyd Floyd's still going to be, you know, he's still going to be the greatest, I'm sure. Uh, but guess what? People, more people like Canelo. So you'll oh, never, sure. you'll never know, sure. man. And like you said, the way that he's beating people now, he, he just broke a man's face, dude. Like people just don't do that. People don't hit that hard. Canelo's going to break a couple more skulls, and he's going to go down in history as one of the hardest punchers. So Tyson Fury is going to fight in April. Bob Arum says that he will uh, face either Dillian White or Joe Joyce. Um, White, 
White is 28 and 2, 19 KOs. Joe Joyce is 13 and 0 with 12 KOs. I know that White is the interim champ, but wouldn't you rather see him fight Joe Joyce? A thousand percent. If there's one person, if there's one person who's got any hope of beating him, it is Joe Joyce. Why? Because people don't know this. Because people don't know who the fuck Joe Joyce is. He he stayed amateur for a long, long time because mm -hmm. he has a lot of gold medals. He stayed amateur a long time, so he's got a lot of experience, even though his record's like, you know, he's still undefeated, obviously, but he's got a lot, a lot of fights that you have that people haven't seen because it's not on his record because it was amateur. But Joe Joyce has has been Tyson Fury's sparring partner. And 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 you see photos of both of them sparring, and the person with shit on his face is, has been Tyson Fury. Like I think Tyson, I, Tyson's gonna do it. Tyson's not scared of nobody. That's what yeah. I love about Tyson Fury. This is gonna be a really fun boxing fight. They're both, they're both boxers. And Joe Joyce is really slow. The thing with Joe Joyce is, he hits like a brick as well. Much slower than Deontay Wilder, but he's a better boxer than Deontay Wilder. So I way think, better. So I think yeah. we'll get a really good fight. I think this fight will be more of a, of a back and forth than the Fury and Wilder. My selfish self, I want to see the Joyce fight. Yeah. But if I was the promoter, yeah. I would have him Dylan. fight White. Mm -hmm. And then I would have him fight Usyk mm -hmm. to unify. Yeah. And then fight Joyce. Ooh, he might when you're hitting some when you're fighting somebody that hits that hard, you don't want to go deep. You don't want to get older. Yeah, that's true. That's so, true. So it's kind of you want to get rid of him now. If he's got any shot, the the, the longer he's going to get older, his chin's going to wear out, especially if you fight people like Usyk and White. So it's tricky. I, I don't think he ends up fighting all three of them. I think he fights like two of them and then like he calls it quits. Yeah, yeah. If I was him, that's probably what I would do. But I'm just putting my like promoter of cap course, on, course, on how, we, how we make this because then you in that same time period – you have Joyce fight two more times, mm -hmm. get a little notoriety. Then you start telling that story about him during that while while Tyson's going down and and fighting Usyk. And you're you're like this guy. This guy's uh, been his sparring partner. Could mm -hmm. they be on a, a road to collision? Mm -hmm. and then you well, get he, that he could do Joyce Usyk then White because White will be old. Yeah, as fuck by then. I, I, I it's unfair because White is the interim champ and yeah. should be the guy, but it's like ah, you're slow and big. Like I don't want to see that fight. So another fight that just got booked for December: Devin Haney and Joseph Diaz Jr. Yeah, I fucking love this fight. I love Devin Haney. Diaz, I I was less familiar with, but I, I've been watching him. His and, gram oof. is amazing. Yeah, dude. his his gram is amazing. Obviously, his dad. Is a is a former champion. Uh, it's gonna be a scrap, bro. I can't wait for this one. Yeah, and that's the thing about boxing that it, that they don't really do as much in MMA, where it's like in boxing they're underselling him because he's got a loss and a draw on his record, mm -hmm. and Devin Haney has the perfect record. Yeah, and then you go and start watching this guy, and you're like, yo, I I think that you guys should watch this instead yeah. of looking at the record. Yeah, because he's scratched, man. That's and and he's gonna. You know, it, it's not an easy fight for Devin Haney uh, if, if if he thinks that because uh, he's going to put the pressure on Devin Haney. And Devin Haney likes to create space and be slick about it. But, you know, I don't think he hits as hard as Linares. So he so he he's probably, you know, Devin Haney should win this fight. But I think it's going to be a really good scrap, man. Just like a straight back and forth scrap. It's going to be dope. And then 
I was just touching on him, but Triple G has also announced his return to action. Finally. Finally. Um, Ryoto Murata. And again, not a not a name that the public outside of the boxing world knows, but he in Japan is the draw in boxing period. It's not tension, it's not any of these dudes, it's Murata. Two time Olympic gold medalist. How do you see that fight playing out? You know, he's young. That's the thing that scares me. We haven't seen Triple G fight in a bit. Yeah. And he likes, and he and, you know, didn't he takes, look so great in the last couple. I know. He takes hits. That's his thing, which is what makes him so great. Because mm -hmm. he's the fighter that you want. Yeah. You know, like he'll get in there, he'll scrap with you, and he knocks fools out. Um, if Triple G still has his, fight, has his, you know, his heavy hands and his experience, I think he could win this fight. Because uh, Murata hasn't fought anybody like him. Yeah, this is definitely like his biggest the biggest fight, fight yeah. he's had. Even um, though he is a two-time Olympic gold medalist. Yeah, we, ju we just haven't seen we just haven't seen Triple G fight in a bit, so we don't know. But I, I mean, he hasn't fought in a bit, so guess what? His chin is still gonna be there. It's not like it's wearing off because he's been testing it, you know. So Triple G still has his chin. He should be fine. And man, don't be surprised if Triple G knocks him out, man, because he's people forget he's still one of the hardest. Uh, punchers of all time. And then another guy that you and I both love, Teofimo Lopez, has finally booked his bout, too. Finally against Gamboso. Yeah, so he's going to fight Gamboso uh, November 27th in New York City. Lopez, obviously, perfect 16-0, 12 KOs. Australia's Gamboso is 19-0 with 10 KOs. And the thing that was interesting to me was how we got to this point, because this fight was supposed to be a thriller fight. Mm -hmm. Triller got stripped uh, from the uh, by the IBF to have the rights to this fight because they couldn't pin it down and actually make it happen. This fight was supposed to happen in June. And the COVID. The, he got COVID or whatever, so that's what like, it, it went to shit. Well, yeah, there was that. Mm -hmm. But there was multiple failed attempts by Triller to book this, yeah. and including Camposo was trying to make, make it happen in Australia, and Triller was like, okay, let's do it in Australia. And Lopez was like... What are you talking about? Why no, I'm doing that. Yeah. And so um, now it's going to be on zone. Lopez, this is interesting. Again, for, I, I like the business end of stuff. Mm -hmm. So now Triller's been stripped of it. It's going to zone. But Lopez, in addition to his, his pay for the fight, is still getting 65% of what Triller bid on the fight, and he's getting 100% of the deposit they made. And that was the decision of the IBF because he's obviously the champ and they held up this process. So they were like, hey, Triller, that money that you gave us for this, we're keeping it and you don't get to have the fight anymore. Man, I love I love a good deal like that, you know? Yeah. Like, he's getting paid. You know, this fight, Teofimo should obviously win this fight. Gambos was no joke. He's undefeated as well. He he doesn't have the, the wins that Teofimo has, but Teofimo is usually a bigger guy. I've seen Teofimo in the past couple of days hanging out with one of my friends, and he's looking skinny. Really? He's looking skinny, and I just hope that this, like, newfound celebrity, like, this newfound fame mm -hmm. has gotten to him and where he's been, like, slack. He's look, he looks fit. He looks more of, like, a boxer now. Before, he was looking a little yoked. He's looking really skinny right now. I don't know if that's going to be better for him because look at Lomachenko. He's skinny and he moves around and dances and Teofimo's similar so we'll see Teofimo should win this I just hope like you know I just hope he's taking it seriously because I saw him I've been seeing him fuck around and shit so 
November is right around the corner. I'm just excited to have so much boxing news to talk about. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, but I'm going to throw us to break and we're going to come back and to get and get into some other topics. I'm going to play Wale. Wale, my, my DMV brother, he just put out his project, Falarin 2, and I thought this was a dope track on there. This song is called Tiffany Nikes, and we'll be right back with you on Uncultured. Take a loss, revenue good, but my legacy not. They on the fence, I'm on the charts. Talk with my money and speak with my heart. Niggas don't like me and they don't know why, but no matter, won't fight me. 2009, I was putting them on, they wasn't excited. Now they on the blogs, but dressing just like me. Ironic, tell me you, tell me you, tell me you. Who work for the government, not for the block? Tell me you, tell me you, tell me you. A decade or better, well, how many bops? Hell if I know why them crackers don't like me. Maybe I'm black and I'm acting just like it. Maybe my passion done fucked up my prices. Got too many bitches and too many vices. Tiffany, Tiffany, Tiffany Nikes. Don't get it twisted, you just got invited. Pull up with Lee King thinking about it. Some niggas be eating, some niggas be biting. Rap for the niggas that seeking some knowledge. Fuck with the queens, but ain't geeking the bottom. Trust me, I'm saying this shit ain't a game. The least you can do is go tweet with Brianna. I do not fuck with white people who silent. I do not fuck with white people who quiet. I do not fuck with white people who see it. Don't say it, I'm saying they racist compliant. I know some teenagers facing some charges. His ankle be beat, but still need one more body. Hard as a stone, that's all that he know. I wish I could show him the pressure McDonald's. Like Tiffany, Tiffany, Tiffany Nikes. Before I was famous, I skated with diamonds. Tiffany, Tiffany, Tiffany Nikes. That was 05, I was always the liveest. Tiffany, 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 though. Tiffany, 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 though. Tiffany, Tiffany, Tiffany Nikes. Before I was famous, I skated with diamonds. Tiffany, Tiffany, Tiffany Nikes. That was a five, I was always the liveest. Tiffany, 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 though. Tiffany, 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 though. If I make it back, I gotta love John. For old schools, that's what I be on. 75 to 89, that's what I belong. The cars being made of steel, applying pressure home. My driveway too expensive, please stay off my lawn. My partners push whips, nothing close to slave owners. But sometimes we drive fast like we racing Daytona. Low profile tires, we don't need a donut. Pie holds my worst enemy, they on every corner. All the boppers love the cars that they can take a picture next to. Sitting on the car, perfect angle for the best view. I'ma slap the Buick out and give it to my nephew. Y'all niggas praying on me, I'ma let my sons bless you. All my partners push whips, we all shine. Presidential motorcade swinging Highway 45. Learn a lot of game from Texas, see us flexing, coming down. We be slow, loud, and banging in the time we get a ride. All my partners push whips, we all shine. Presidential motorcade swinging Highway 45. Learn a lot of game from Texas, see us flexing, coming down. We be 
singing. Top off on that now, with the stairs swinging. Stay real, ain't changing. It's too late for all that. We still dripping candy in that lack with Zay Max. Chris Sack Blaze, you know, big wave stage. I'ma put on the show and that ladder on the stage. Need to be double paid. Always stay player made. Even with the braids, I was pulling pretty bass. Done it for decades. It's OG when it's me. Got plenty TBTs balling in that VIP. Don't believe me, you can see how we do it down here. Balling like a boss, blowing pounds down here. Got the crown down here. Every year in they face Still throwing up that H Reppin' for the state All my partners' bosses Went from bricks to building houses Pulling out clean Shit, you know how that now feels All my partners push whips We all shine Presidential motorcade Swinging Highway 45 Learn a lot of game from Texas See us flexing, coming down We be slow, loud, and banging In the time we get a ride All my partners push whips We all shine Presidential motorcade Swinging Highway 45 Brand new music from Big Zay Mac and the one and only Goat of Houston, Slim Thug. That song's called Presidential Motorcade. Again, keeping it a little Houston. We'll, uh, we'll, that'll be a, a theme, but back with you on Uncultured. You're going to Manchester. Yes. You, as one of your, like, your meccas. Yes. I've always said that Manchester has the best English music scene, period. I've always said that it's better than London, it's better than Liverpool. The stuff that has come out of Manchester is some of my favorite stuff. I don't know how familiar you are with the, the music scene in Manchester. Uh, currently, uh, you know, I listen to a couple of little bands. Uh, I listen to like Hot Milk. They're like, a, they're like a little punk rock band right now. Of course, my, one of my favorite bands besides the Beatles, easy coming in hot number three is the Smiths. So I'm doing a lot of Smiths uh, tours uh, when I'm there and I'm going to take a lot of, I'm going to go to the Salford's Lads Club. I'm going to take that photo, that iconic photo on the back of Queen, the Queen is Dead. Uh, so that's, so you know, that's as much as I go. What I thought I could do is show you oh. some of the history of artists that are from Manchester. Okay, okay. So starting things off, this is like, even if you don't know who this band is, uh -huh. I think everybody who has listened to rock and roll uh -huh. knows this guitar line at the very least. So you know the song. 
Yeah, everybody knows that. Like you said it. Everybody knows that guitar. Do you do you know who it is? No. That's the Hollies. The Hollies. As you can tell, that went on to inspire like every band of the era. Especially you know? in America, even yeah. though I didn't know that was even a, that just sounds so American, doesn't it? Yeah, it sounds, you, I could play that for people and I bet they would guess that it's Credence. Yeah, I was going to say, dude, I, I I thought it was Credence, Clearwater. Like, that's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, uh, yeah. and so very iconic band in the history. And, you know, I, um, you know who Jeff Buckley is, right? Yes. So I had heard that song all throughout, like, growing up on classic rock radio and it wasn't until I was listening to Jeff Buckley's live album, which is one of my favorite pieces of music ever, because in addition to doing his music, mm -hmm. he's so he's playing at, um, at like a coffee shop that used to be in New York called Chenet, and he would go every Thursday and play. Oh, that's sick. And he would do like his music and he would do all kinds of covers. So it's a really like amazing project. And he was like... I, I just want to play some classic rock tunes for you guys. And he started playing that. And I was like, I know that song. And he was like, I bet nobody knows who this is. It's the Hollies. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was going to say, you said uh, Credence. Uh, Credence Clearwater. And I was just like, but it's, but I'm like, I don't know the name. But I'm like, they're not from, Man this band's not from Manchester. The Hollies from Manchester. Yeah. That was them. Wow. Yeah. So you brought up one of my favorite bands to start things off with. Mm -hmm. Say it again. The Smiths, baby. One of my favorite bands, probably my favorite band You've of all seen time. Morrissey, right? A bunch, yeah. yeah. I have not seen Morrissey yet. I will say people, I, it's weird to me because people will say you shouldn't go see Morrissey. It's not. Because he does his music opposed to Smith's music. Right. Yeah. But here's the thing. I love solo Morrissey too. Mm -hmm. And people, what I've always heard, and so I've always avoided it. I had one chance and I said no to doing it. I've always heard just don't meet him because it will, it will burst the bubble for you. But the Smiths, I, I would say if I had a gun to my head, who's your favorite band? I would say the Smiths. So, and I, I also love Johnny Marr's solo music as well. So a very special, near and dear to me. And again, that's a, a Manchester act. But there's another famous act of the same era that's also from Manchester.
So obviously that's Joy Division, the most um, the most uh, like reproductive shirt, <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent, yeah. And so Joy Division, uh, and also of course that would mean that after Ian Curtis passed, New Order, who came after them, also from Manchester. So you have this pocket right here of kind of like the most influential. 80s into 90s alternative acts. Yeah. All, all, the only one that's missing that, that isn't from Manchester, in my opinion, is The Cure. The Cure. So two yeah. of the most important bands of that Close entire enough. scene, Manchester. Yeah. That's, again, why I'm, I'm, I love do you have Manchester a joy, do you have a? Did you like Joy Division more than New Order, or were you more of a New Order? I, I was more of a Joy Division. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was I, you know, I heard about Joy Division, I feel, after... I heard about New Order. That's our ages That's, for sure, yeah. right? So, so, but, but man, that music is like you can just hear it. Just start a radio station of any of those bands, any of those songs, and you're just gonna get hits after hits after hits. Yeah, exactly. And and to me, we've talked about this before. That whole goth thing, you know, it's funny whenever you look at the dichotomy of my favorite two genres. Is R&B <laughs> and goth. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that's what I like, and uh, and to me that all comes it stems out of Manchester. So I thought that was pretty cool. But this next band, I'm gonna I'm gonna play it. You're one million percent gonna know it, and you're one million percent not gonna know not they're gonna from, know Manchester. from Manchester. Okay. You you said this one day on the show, I think. Oh, did I? Well, you said they were from. The UK or something. Of course, the Bee Gees. Who everyone thinks is from Australia. Yeah, and you know what? You know how you can tell they're from Manchester? Or from the UK? Their mouths, dude. Their teeth. <laughs> their teeth. Those are the most British. They're, they look at look at their photos when they were before like they got into the big disco scene. Like they just look so British. So I think what happened was that they moved to Australia and they blew up in, in Australia, Australia and it then it came to us. But yeah, they're from Manchester. I had no fucking idea, dude. Yeah, that's always like a fun trivia fact for me because anytime I say, oh, the Bee Gees, where are they from? Everybody I've ever said that to says, Australia, of course. And I'm like, no. Interesting. They're from Manchester. You know what? And uh, and they're brothers, people, in case you didn't know. Yeah, they're all brothers. Um, I'm going to have to go look at, see if they, because what I do is I typed in, you know, the Smiths, you know, Joy Division, and typed in like, uh, you know, venues. I typed in like, like famous punk and famous rock venues and like who's played there. So I've been like looking into the whole Manchester scene in Liverpool and see who's played at what bar so I can check out, go check out those bars. So it's punk you want. Ah, it is. It's always punk that I want. Then it's punk you'll get. 
Well, you've tried it just for once, find it all right for kicks. But now you find out that it's a habit that sticks and you're an orgasm addict. You're an orgasm addict. Sneaking in the back door with dirty magazines. So your mother wants to know what all the stains on your jeans. And you're an orgasm addict. You're an orgasm addict. One of the stations that I play at home when I'm like cleaning the house. Yeah. As I play, like, play the play the Kings radio. So that's, that's the. It's not the King. That's the not King, the Kings. Not the Kings. That's the Buzzcocks. The Buzzcocks. See, I picked a song that is not one of their like more well known, but that's my favorite song from them. I thought I've always dug that song, but that's the Buzzcocks, also oh, from Manchester. Shit. Yeah. The Buzzcocks. I gotta look up into them. Yeah, Buzzcocks. One of the classic, uh, the classic era punk bands but also if you go listen to so their big album is called singles going steady uh -huh. if you go listen to them what they did they invented something that they actually called um what did they call it madchester which was a whole scene that kind of blended punk rock and psychedelic rock and so they have a, a big variety in terms of their music but they were like one of the kind of pivotal bands in the punk scene in in england and they're from manchester Dude, I can't wait to just go. Like, I'm going to do all the tours. But the two, the main tour I'm doing is that Beatles tour in Liverpool. Yeah. And then I'm doing, like, myself a tour of, like, Smith stuff in in Manchester. Unless there is a tour, I might just do that tour, too. You should look it up because I'm sure that there's something Smith's related to do there. Yeah, like, I saw their... And it's crazy because I was trying to look at bars that they played at, but they didn't really play at bars. No, they, they didn't. just went to, like... A, a venue, like a pretty big venue, which is the first venue they've ever played at. And it was a, it's a big venue for your first play. And then they just blew up from that and they just did venues. Is yeah. what I've been like reading and stuff like that. And so I'm going to go check out their venue, even though it's closed. And, you know, I'm going to take a little photo and stuff. But there's not really like much like Smith stuff before like the Salford's, besides the Salford's Lads Club. Lads that's, Club. that's the thing about England that was different. It's like in America, yeah, the bands will start playing in bars. Mm -hmm. In England, there's not real when you go to most pubs, there's not any place that a band could even play. So mm -hmm. it's like most of them, their first gigs were in venues to your point. Yeah. Or pubs that had like a stage, like a proper stage with like a cur you know what I mean? Like a bigger pub that's meant there's like a venue and a pub. So the next one I'm gonna play you is not rock at all. Okay. I think that this is something that you will know and like. And that's why I picked it. Beats. So why don't you tell the people who that is? Is that Fat Boy Slim? That's the Chemical Brothers. The Chemical Brothers. Oh my God. 
So that, that's the thing that that era, that 90s, like, birth of EDM kind of thing. Yeah. I like a lot of those artists because it was the last time outside. It was like disco was the last time that dance music was made with actual instruments. But there was this whole pocket of Fatboy Slim, Chemical Brothers, all these guys uh, that made dance music out of actual instrument playing yeah. instead of all programmed stuff. And I thought that was dope. But yeah, that's the Chemical Brothers. I didn't know from Manchester. From Manchester. Holy shit. Yeah. Is that some shit? I told you. Underrated scene. When you think about the English music scene, yeah, I guarantee you people would not say Manchester first or second. Wow. And look at all those fucking bangers, all those legends that you played. Another one. I got two more for you. Oh. So this one is a classic classic song both of the last two songs are rock songs mm -hmm. by the way classic song and interesting story behind it that i know we have talked about at least personally before but you'll definitely know the artist in the song All right. Is that one of the most popular songs of all time? I think so. I think so. If you if you were around in the 90s, that is one of the most popular songs of all time. And there's some Bittersweet Symphony is like a song that's been like covered by so many. It's it's like it was a generational song. And I'll tell you the other thing that I really think set it over the top for people our age mm -hmm. is the movie Cruel Intentions. That you can't help but think of that movie. If you saw that movie, yeah. this song was just such a cinematic, you know, historic thing. And if you were a horny teenager in the <laughs> 90s, you definitely saw Cruel Intentions. And if you're a horny teenager now, you should probably now, go watch it. Yeah, it still, <laughs> still holds up. Uh, but yeah, that's the verve. And I've told you the interesting story. Do you, th have I told that on air or did I? No, and I didn't know the verve is from Manchester either. Yeah, verve is from Manchester. The interesting story about that is obviously the most iconic part of the song is the violin playing. Uh -huh. And what happened was they made the song and they decided to add that violin. And they took that from a recording of a like full opera covering the Rolling Stones. And so they took that from the Rolling Stones. And, and made a whole song from it. And, and the Rolling Stones sued them and took all the money from it so for over a decade if you go look up who wrote bittersweet symphony 
it says M. Jagger and K. Richards. No way. Yeah. They didn't even write the lyrics. They just wrote the beat. Exactly. Exactly. They got 100% of the song. What? Who's lawyer? Like, did they have terrible lawyers? Or, or so, the Rolling Stones has really good lawyers? So this is, the, this is the hard part of it. After you... So if you take something from another artist mm -hmm. and you go and negotiate, you can say, hey, I took this, I made this song, I'm going to put it on my album... What kind of percentage would would you say is okay for us to do this? Mm -hmm. But if you just put it out into the world, now the artist can say, you stole your song from me. You stole that from me, uh -huh. and I'm going to sue you for it, and the artist will win every time. It's not even a, like a violin from a, famous, like a, from like a famous song of theirs. No, it's not. And that's probably, I would say, you know, uh, Mike Tully. Uh -huh. he, he was actually talking about this um, with Mark McGrath on a podcast recently, and they said something that I, I would tend to agree with. Mark McGrath, is, his point was that song, the fact that the Rolling Stones got that song, mm -hmm. it's probably one of the top five or at least top ten earning songs for the Rolling Stones. Oh, my God. Because that song was everywhere. everywhere. You just said that's probably one, one of the most iconic songs in history. Like everybody, no matter what walk of life, what music you're into, has heard that song. Exactly. And, and we'll let it play if it's playing. And just last year, um, uh, so Richard Ashcroft from The Verve, the singer, mm -hmm. he had always attested. He was like, look, I made that song. And then I, uh, we were talking about, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we had some violins in there? And we found this and put it in there. We didn't think that we were doing anything wrong. And mm -hmm. we technically wrote everything else in the song. I, I, he was, like, bummed about it. That's why the Verve kind of, like, left music for a lot of, of yeah. the time. And he said that his lawyers had always told him, don't go directly to the band. Let this be figured out by the legal teams and all this. And all these years later... He got in touch with the Rolling Stones, and they gave him the rights to the song back. Fucking yeah, man. Come on. But here's the, the downside of that. They already bled that stone they dry. Already, <laughs> they took everything, all of the money for all of these years, put it in commercials, put it in movies, all this stuff, and then they're like, oh, okay, it's not really like that big a deal. You can have it back. But don't worry, <laughs> Richard, because that song is going to be in movies and in commercials forever and ever and ever and ever. Well, and here's the other side of it. If I'm him, I'm like, okay, at least now everyone, when they go look up this song, they're going to see that this is my song. Yeah. So I, you know, I would take that as a moral victory as well. But yeah, the verve is from Manchester. Fire. I got one more for you. One more and it's rock. It's rock. And I'm going to tell you right now, in my opinion, and I, I take the Smiths out of this because I don't really, even though they use rock as a base, uh -huh. I don't consider the as Smiths rock. a rock band. They're an alternative. Yeah. I would tell you that over all rock bands, mm -hmm. this to me is the greatest rock band in history. Oh, my God. And they're from Manchester. And you will know this right away. Hey, hey, hey. You're not, you're not wrong, wrong. You're not. I put Oasis up there. Yeah, you're right. With, I, I take their pop song, their pop rock songs over the Beatles. And the, the two weirdest brothers of all time. <laughs> Today is gonna be the day that they're gonna 
to you By now you should have somehow realized what you gotta do I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now Backbeat, the word is on the street that the fire in your heart is out I'm sure you've heard it all before. Of course that's Wonderwall from Oasis. Are you Team Liam or? I'm Team Liam, yeah. <laughs> Liam's the voice. Yeah, yeah. Noel, here's, the, here's what's hard about them. Noel wrote all the, the music mm-hmm. and was like, I can't sing this. Correct. And so Liam became the voice of it. And to me- But then got jealous that Liam was the voice of it. Yeah, exactly. Know? It's like, I wrote all of this and you're the one that everybody cares about. And let's be honest, Liam was a more handsome fella. So it's That's like, it. you're the voice and you're the more handsome one. So yeah, brother who wrote it is going to be very jealous. But yeah, to me, the, the, the songs that Oasis made over their short career are the best rock songs in history. And I'll also say, I like Liam's solo projects and I don't really like Noel's solo projects. No, even Noel doesn't like Noel's solo projects. And he's so bitter. It makes me laugh. He sings Liam's like verses on those, his songs when he plays them solo. Like, And what, what's really funny is he's so bitter that um, they, he'll like say some, some rude stuff in the press and then Liam will just tweet he looks like a potato and then it sets him off like yeah. he's he's that cool Noel is the guy when it, whenever you're having an argument with somebody if you get all hot-headed and the other person just stays cool and makes little little digs mm-hmm. he's always gonna win you know what man when 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 you think rock star right people think you know Mick Jagger I think Liam Liam is such a rock yeah, star a hundred percent the way he is now yeah. You hear his interviews, he's just such a Manchester, you know, rock star. One of the the greatest follows on Twitter ever, too. <laughs> he he is hilarious on Twitter. I would say, I know you don't have Twitter. Mm-hmm. You should get Twitter just to follow him. That's the only account you yeah, need to follow. Yeah. But yeah, Oasis from Manchester. So yeah. there you have it. I just walked you through some of the iconic art. And we didn't even cover everybody, but yeah. I those I was like you got to know all these people are from Manchester. Oasis, Smith, man. You know what? I'm going to go I'm going to go dig deep into some Oasis uh stuff around Manchester while I'm there now that you bring it up. Yeah. Cuz I I did not know that they were specifically from Manchester. I I I figured Liverpool cuz they were such Beatles fans that I figured they were from Liverpool. Yeah, they're from Manchester and uh I think they still I think they still hold the record for the largest attendance at a concert in history. That was their concert. It was something crazy. It was like 90,000 people came to see them play. I wonder where Mick Jagger's from. Just him. Um I think I read I, I think I read that he's from like Southampton or somewhere. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think he I think it's like something like that. Yeah. Kind of, kind of like how Ozzy's from Birmingham. I'm sure there's know? more. I'm sure there's so, more like bands that have big bands that have Manchester like lead singers or or, or whatever. And you know, totally, what I mean? totally. If, if we dig deeper, yeah. But I'm gonna throw us to break and come back for the last segment of the day. I'm gonna play our friend Gritty Lex. She has a new single out called Toxins. Hey. We'll be right back with you on Uncultured. Sundown, bass getting late. 
brand new music from Abby Jasmine. The song's called MIA. It's off her new project called I Hate You Too. Nice little vibe that Title recommended to me because of my R&B habits. They were like, you should check this girl out. She's huh. really nice. The, the project is dope. It's an EP called I Hate You Too, and it's a vibe. So shout out Abby Jasmine. I'll be looking for more of your music. But back with you on Uncultured, last sem- segment of the day. And I got some interesting news for us to jump right into. Yeah. So officials in India launched a sting against black market businesses in the country. And they went after this business and captured over $1 million of a banned substance. Do you have any guesses? Um, fluoride from all the toothpaste that doesn't have fluoride anymore. <laughs> no. So two men were arrested after being caught with contraband and police seized eight kilograms of ambergris. Of what? Well, that's the scientific name for it because they were caught with eight kilos of whale poop. What the fuck? Ambergris? Yeah. Whale poop. So it is a rare and highly valuable commodity that is used globally throughout history for perfume. Ah, I know they use like the whale stuff for cologne and lipstick and stuff like that. Yeah, so ambergris is whale poop that they, it's actually very hard to find. So it's a a waxy rock-like substance and it's produced in the intestinal tract of uh, sperm whales. But only one out of a hundred sperm whales will actually release it when it poops. Holy shit, that is So it's like really hard to find. And uh, it can develop fragrant properties over time, which is funny to think about. Hey, (laughs) my poop can develop some fragrant properties. No shit. Who's the person that put, (laughs) pun intended, who's the person that put shit on them was like, you know what, this kind of smells kind of good. This uh, this rock thing kind of smells good. What is it? Baby, that's whale shit. Uh, (laughs) mm. Can't wait to put that all over my face. It can be sold for upwards of 25 bucks a gram, though. 25 bucks a gram? Yeah. That's that's more than weed. So they got caught with eight kilos, which is worth over a million dollars. And it's illegal in India. They said that in certain countries it's not illegal because what the reason it's illegal in some countries and not others is they don't want you to poach whales to take it. For sure. Which I agree with. Correct. But they say that sometimes in these countries where it is legal, like fishermen will actually actually just like pull this up in their nets and instantly become millionaires. Wow. Change their whole family's life. Wow. Off of that whale poop. Interesting. Yeah. I thought that was pretty fascinating. Yeah, I think I'm going to become a fisherman. <laughs> mm. Okay, so a man spent This is another interesting story. A man spent 150 bucks on food for the year every year since 2014. So seven years, bro. 150 bucks a year. That's all he spends on food. Where does he live? In California. Get the fuck out of here. In Santa Clarita. What the fuck? How? So Dylan is the guy's name. They didn't give his last name. He gave an interview to a a magazine about it. He's 33 years old. He's an electrical engineer, and he lives in Santa Clarita. And Santa Clarita, for those who don't know, is like just right outside L.A., for the past seven years, he's only spent 150 bucks a year on food. When he graduated college and began his first internship, he was working directly across the street from Six Flags Magic Mountain. So he decided, he was like, I like theme parks. I'm right across the street 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to see if I can get like an annual pass. At the time, he was able to buy this annual pass for 150 bucks that included parking and included two meals per day. No way. So he was like, I can use this. I can save money. And I'm right across the street. It takes me five minutes to go there. So what he did was he was like, I would just time it so on my lunch break I could run across there. And then when I got off work, I would stop there on the way home and get food. Listener out there, for those of you who have never been to Six Flags, Six Flags has the worst food out of any (laughs) theme park I've ever been to in my entire life. So he said when he first started doing it, he was like, the food was terrible. It was really unhealthy. It was really bad for me. My only options were um, a burger and fries or pizza and breadsticks. Or a hot dog or corn dogs. Fucking terrible. He was like, over time though, over a couple of years, it's when all the people started to try to like diversify their menus and have Uh healthier options. And he was like, so they started having like tri-tip salads. They started having vegan options. They started having other stuff. And they also, in like the third year of him doing this, added it so you could also get a snack with it as well. So you get two meals and a snack. And so he was like, when I wanted it, I would just get some like dipping dots for a dessert or something. He was like, I, and so here's the crazy part. This guy, after he did this, he was able to pay off all of his student debt and buy a house. Wow. And he's 33 years old living in LA County. Santa, Santa Clarita. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice neighborhood out there. Yeah. I, I thought it was pretty crazy. He said, uh, he said that he got married and he and his wife bought this house. And he was like, after that, it kind of died down. She was like, I don't want to go to the theme park all the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. and, and now he's like paid off his debts and stuff. So he's like, I, I, I'm good. Man, there is a, um, what's this place called? It's not TJ Fridays. It's the, I'm blanking out right now. I, this happens all the time. What's like a TJ? I'm blanking out. It's from Florida. Uh, Fuddruckers? No, the other one. The <laughs> other one. Oh, it's driving me nuts. Oh. Um, I don't know either. Damn it. It is what it is. Uh, Chili's. Chili's. Okay. Chili's. I eat at the Chili's in, across the street from there because it's the only healthy food in the vicinity. I am also an annual pass holder. I don't get the free food there. But in there, you cannot. There is nothing like, yeah, he said tri-tip salad. Cold tri-tip with a cold salad with some... Uh, Caesar dressing like that. You know what I mean? That's the healthiest you're going to get he said, in that park. He said that he uh, got the fried chicken balls all the time. And he was like, that got to be the most disgusting thing in the world to me. He was like, I don't know how people even get it once. He said, I probably ate that 150 times. Yo, nuts, <laughs> dude. Like his heart must be. Not doing yeah. so good at 33. Yeah. That was the thing. I wanted to see a picture of him to be like, can I look at you and tell you've been eating at Six Flags yeah. every day? Yeah. If, if you're one of those guys that's just like skinny and like just doesn't really gain that much weight or, or is he a runner? Does he at least like yeah. burn, it, burn it off? But hey, he saves a shitload of money. He said for the first two years, he didn't ever even go to the grocery store. He literally ate every single meal at Six Flags. Wow. <laughs> if I was 18, I could do that. Yeah, I mean, back then, I used to crush two pizzas by myself, like yeah. Pizza Hut pizzas. I I would crush two of them by myself, and I was I was, back then, bro. I was like like 130, maybe, maybe wow. 130. Two pizzas a day. Yeah, man, I could crush that. I would get. I was talking to my mom about this because we it, we just got on some weird topics about childhood food that I ate, mm-hmm. 
And she was like, you would make me buy you those cans of Slim Jims that had like 20 Slim Jims in it. And you would eat that in a day. Man. And I was like, I don't know how I lived on that. I don't Dude, know how I did that. That, that, was, that was some shit. I remember like when I used to eat, the worst I used to eat was like, I would have a 14 Costco size pack of bagel bites and like half a pumpkin pie like every day. Like, it <laughs> yeah. was like a thing. It was like a weird, you know, you had like weird little trends, right? Oh, yeah. And I would always drink like like almost a six pack of soda a day. I was bad, bro. Man. And and literally could not put on weight. Wow. The longtime head of surgery at Boston, Boston Medical Center got in a bit of trouble this weekend. Dr. Tony Tannery, 54 years old, is the longstanding head of spine surgery at Boston Medical Center. And he was just sanctioned and fined by state regulators. A patient came into the ER and needed emergency ankle surgery. And Dr. Tannery was supposed to be the supervising doctor that oversees everything. You know, he he doesn't necessarily have to do the surgery, but he has to oversee everything that's going on. He said that before he did the procedure that he was just going to go and uh, eat his lunch real quick. He went out to his car, started eating his lunch in his car, fell asleep and slept through the surgery. <laughs> he woke up. He, we'll say this was at like 3 p.m. or something because uh -huh. they said it was in the afternoon. And they said he woke up after 9 p.m. in his car. Holy shit. <laughs> he calls the hospital. He doesn't go inside. Calls them and they told him that the chief resident uh -huh. did the procedure since they couldn't find him and just did the surgery. And so he went home and didn't even come back to the hospital until the next day. Holy shit. I mean, <laughs> dude, you can't blame him, right? Like, Yes, you can. Can you? That Their jobs are tough. You're not allowed to fall asleep when you're supposed to be doing a surgery. For sure. If, I, if you're my doctor <laughs> yeah. and I'm getting surgery and I'm already stressed about getting surgery, you're not allowed to fall asleep. Man. You know what, though? I'll tell you what, people, people out there getting surgery. Some of the biggest drug addict party animals that I've ever met in my life have been top surgeons. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. I, they're, I mean, they're all on coke. You know, yeah, they're we know all that. on coke. But that's okay. You stay awake on coke. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to fall asleep and miss my surgery. Man, that's tough. Um, a hiker was lost in Colorado for over 24 hours this weekend. And I think you and I can both relate to what happened. Yep. So this hiker had been out by himself. He wandered off the trail, got lost, and got further lost during the night trying to find his way back to the trail. He eventually found his way out, got to his car, and the Colorado police then reported that the man had ignored repeated calls from rescuers who had been trying to bring him to safety and get him out of there way sooner. And they said, the subject ignored repeated phone calls from us because he didn't recognize the phone number. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair enough. And, and in the guy's mind, I'm sure he was like, you know. He's like, this uh, is a bill collector uh, yeah. or spam. And in his mind, he wasn't lost. Like, yeah, he was lost, but like, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll but, find my way. But no, bro, I have a different take on this. <laughs> What's your take? If, you got, sir, if you've got your phone uh -huh. and you've got service, yeah. why are you not calling people? Cause, 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 cause some men are hard headed, bro. If I got lost in the woods, bro, and I got my phone, I'm going to be like, Hey, I'm going to call Josh and say, yeah. yo, bro, I got yo. phone service, but I'm lost in the woods, bro. Can you help me? Yo, Josh, look at, you see that star? Look above. There's going to be two stars, right? One of them is a planet. Look at the other one. That's the North star. Go that. <laughs> I, I'd be like, Hey, get me some help, please. Yeah. I'm lost in the woods. I got, I got, I got full service out here. So I'm here. 
Call me. But Josh, but I got <laughs> a lot of men don't want to admit when they're lost. That's some bullshit it's an stuff. Ego. Yeah, it's, an ego. it's an ego. That's where I don't like men. It's like get it, over it. Call them. Call ego. for help. You had you had your phone with you. You had a battery. You had a full phone. Yeah. Fucking call for help. He didn't want to. A woman was caught with a felony while she was at KFC this weekend. Alexandra Maldano, 23 years old, was at KFC on Friday afternoon in St. Pete. Okay. <laughs> so Florida, Florida. woman. <laughs> Police say that the woman had just gone through the drive-thru at the KFC and she was unhappy with the service she received. So she walked back up to the drive-thru window, leaned through the window, and slapped up the 16-year-old worker. <laughs> Oh, my God. So the crime was captured on their surveillance footage. Police went to her job, which, which was at the Metro PCS in the same property. and she, the same property? Yeah. Oh, man. And, and she admitted to it and, and was like, yeah, I did that. I was just unhappy with it. And then they put her in, in jail for the night. She had to post bond. She had to post 15 grand bond. She was charged with felony assault and burglary because she went through the window. <laughs> Because is that like trespassing or something? Yeah, right. basically. Did she have beef? Did the, is there any backstory here? Nope. Just a 16 year old kid. She didn't like how he was talking to her in the order line, and went back and slapped him up. But they work in the same. They work in the same. There's some shit there. There's some backstory we don't know about. I don't think there is. No, I don't think so. Because everything there, it wasn't her saying, "Yeah, this kid's always disrespectful to me." Yeah. Blah 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 blah. It was just like, no, I I was just he didn't talk to me right. Yeah, you're right. Hmm. I think she's just an asshole. Yeah, and if you've ever been to a Metro PCS store in your life before, uh, they, they aren't the friendliest people in there. <laughs> One more for you. Florida police report that there's been a domestic taco battery. Is that a new sandwich? A 20-year-old woman, Braden Lankford, was arrested on Saturday evening for allegedly striking her mother in the head with two thrown tacos inside their Tampa Bay residence. Yo, come on, Florida. How does this <laughs> even happen? So, Langford and her 50-year-old mother were arguing about the cleanliness of the house. Apparently, she was leaving the house messy all the time. Mom's sitting on the couch in the, in the next room. She's in the dining room, and she just takes her tacos from her plate and chucks them at her mom. <laughs> This is some shit. Police said the victim, the mom, had food debris all around her on the couch <laughs> and on the back of her shirt. <laughs> Yo, are there any photos of these people? Uh, there is a photo. There's a mugshot of the girl. Is she humongous? No. 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 She like I, she's I wouldn't date her, but I, I wouldn't even say that she was like bad looking. She was just like a normal looking white girl. Was it? Uh, just who caused the uh, so many questions always so she admitted to throwing the tacos at her mom and said that she just did it out of frustration she wasn't even trying to hit her however and her mom was not injured by the tacos of course however she was arrested and charged with domestic battery and spent the night in jail due to the incident and now she has uh the police have a no contact order for her and her mom so she can't even go home sewer people <laughs> come on people how the fuck are you gonna call the cops on your daughter for throwing tacos at you and be okay that your daughter went to jail overnight yeah and you know who gets locked up on a saturday night sewer people yeah yo yeah 
throwing a taco. I'll tell you this. The one thing I'll give Florida compared to California or New York, if you get locked up on, on Friday or Saturday, you're spending the weekend, bro. Yeah, you're there so She got weekend. out the next night, so she's lucky. Yo, that's insane, man. But that's going to be the end of it for us. And again, we will not be with you next week. We'll throw an episode together of kind of like best of stuff for you. But Josh is going to be traveling. So we'll be back with you in two weeks. Josh, what's your pick of the week? So I got this song. It's been, it's been in my head all week. Um, it's called Le Seca. And it's with Jay Cortez, who we've heard on the show before. And Anuela, two very big, uh, famous names, big names in the reggaeton space. So this song, just a little fun fact. This song is called Le Seca. Le Seca means... Is translated to the the dry law because in Puerto Rico, people don't know this, but in Puerto Rico, whenever there's a big election, you have to be sober. The, all the liquor shops are closed and all the bars are closed whenever there's a big election. And that's called La Ley Seca. So this is Ley Seca, Jay Cortez, and Anuela. Enjoy. <laughs> Ilusiones falsas y los mal de amores Pero cuando se siente bien Qué linda se me pone Por eso Hoy está pa' salir, pa' hacer la cabrón Por hacer la cómic que compró en el mall El colorcito que le debo el sol La música en ahí bebiendo mucho alcohol Con toda la suya en la discoteca Se acabó la ley seca Buscando a ver con quién pecan Sí Hoy está pa' salir, pasa la cabrón Ponerse la combi que compré en el mall El colorcito que le dejo al sol La música en ahí bebiendo mucho alcohol Con toda la suya en la discoteca Se acabó la ley seca Buscando a ver con quién peca Yo no tengo un Bugatti pero voy a meterle cabrón Me sigo, no me sigue y hay con la presión Vamos a sacarle a tu novia en la ecuación Y dile al DJ que ponga mi canción Como 6911 Yo sé quién te rompe y quién te cose. Si ya estamos aquí, ¿qué hacemos entonces? Tú te duras desde que tengo un seis. Hace tiempo que yo no te veo. Háblame de ti, pero no le creo. A tu estás envidioso, le sacamos el dedo. A tu estás envidioso, yo me lo paseo. Prendelo, pásalo. Sube la música y déjalo. Si estamos, pues navegalo. Todo eso te me pichealo. Y vamos al parche. Te tira pa' que te cache. Tu macao por el solache. Tú quieres que yo te tache, tache y palpache. Te tira pa' que te cache. Yo no creo que te crache. Sin ropa yo diré de H. Hoy está pa' salir, pasa la cabrón. Por eso la comi que compró en el mall. El colorcito que le debo al sol. La música en ahí bebiendo mucho alcohol. Con toda la suya en la discoteca. Se acabó la ley. Hoy está pa' salir, pasa la cabrón Ponerse la combi que compré en el mall El colorcito que le dejo al sol La música en ahí bebiendo mucho alcohol Con toda la suya en la discoteca Se acabó la ley seca Buscando a ver con quién peca Yo tengo dos Bugatti pero uno de ellos eres tú El Roja 27 pero bebe blue Los fines de semana en la concha Yo te busco y prendemos una onza Te llama la que le responde, te 
Cultured, Le Seca, Jay Cortez, and voila. I'm going to play my pick of the week. And as you guys know, I've been on my Houston bullshit today. And I'm ending it with a a Houston classic, especially if you grew up in the era that Josh and I did. So I'm going to throw it to Lil Flip, game over. And we'll be back with you next, not next week, the week after. See See you later on Uncultured. Follow us on Instagram. Peace.
charge too much, but around my way, that's how you get fucked up. But you know, you might think we all beats and rhymes, but way before this rap shit, nigga, the streets was mine. But you don't hear me. I got that hot shit, that thug life pot shit, that get hot shit, that VIG ready to die shit. Let, 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 let.